Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, All In Health and Wellness. If you're looking for a health coach, you're looking for a sports performance coach, you're looking for nutrition guidance, like, for instance, a meal-by-meal plan that will help you understand how to eat, it will teach you how to eat, and it will give your body, your cells, the proper nutrition to feel great and be able to perform at your best, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally. If you're looking for those things, you're looking for the key to improve your sports performance, both from a nutrition standpoint and an exercise physical standpoint and a mental standpoint as you approach your athletic event. All In Health and Wellness is able to help in these areas. So contact Jerry at allinhealthandwellness.com or go to allinhealthandwellness.com and you'll find the contact information for how to get in touch with them and get started on the plan that will improve your life. Howdy and welcome back to the Confidence Through Health podcast. This is your host, Jerry Snyder. In this episode, I speak with Adora Winquist, who's the founder of the Soul Institute and author of the alternative medicine book, Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love. She's a meditation expert. She is a modern alchemist, and she works in the field of aromatherapy. And we talk about neuroplasticity. We talk about the brain. We talk about how we can continue to grow our brain function, even as we age, if we do little things day by day. And we talk about what those little things are. We talk about how your brain function, which we all know, affects our mood, affects our body, but also vice versa, how food affects the process, how the way we talk to ourselves affects our brain function uh, for both positive and negative ways. Um, so it's a, this, this is just a very packed, uh, episode with information about how to improve your brain function and then how that helps with every aspect of your life and how it helps other people that are in community, community with you, that are in relationships with you, that, that by taking these little steps day by day to increase our own brain function and neuroplasticity we can be a better society, a better community, and a better world. So thank you, Adora, for being a guest on the Confidence Through Health podcast. It is such my pleasure to be here with you today, Jerry. Thank you. So we want to talk about neuroplasticity and how we improve that, why it's important and how we improve it. But why did you get into this? You know, before we get into that, like, why is it important to you? Sure. So this is one of my most favorite conversations to have because I think we need to be having it more. Um, And particularly from my vantage point as a healer, as an author, uh, working with essential oils and plant medicine and individuals specifically that have had some degree of trauma in their background for over 25 years, Um, I see this incredible, not only desire that we have collectively to heal, to transform, and to embody 
our best selves each and every day, Mm -hmm. but also the potential. And there were so many schools of thought in the past that our brain um, is really only malleable and plastic, plastique, right? Expandable in a way um, when we're young. And more and more research is showing that that's just not the case, that there is so much more potential. And I love this because science is always evolving like we are as a human species. And the moment our minds are closed to new possibilities is the moment that we start stop um, advancing as Mm -hmm. a species. So having this receptivity and curiosity to new research in particular, looking at some of the alternative modalities that can help us not only with healing from trauma, but also really continuing to stay sharp as we age, continuing to elevate our perspective of peak performance and what that means as time goes on. And just because we're getting older uh, certainly doesn't have to mean that we're slowing down. Some capacity we do, and even our synaptic connections um, take longer. They form a little bit more slowly as we age, but it doesn't mean that they stop forming. And I think that is, uh, to to my ears and certainly to your ears, great, uh, great news in our ability to be able to transform our lives each and every day. Right. Well, and it's funny because you you sort of hit the nail on the head if, as far as like how we think about things. It's like we we assume that as we get older, it stops growing and it stops functioning as well. And in the function piece may happen, but it's not necessarily a, a, a given that it's going to have to happen that way. But when we're exactly. younger, we always tell our kids like you, your mind has so much potential. You have so much like. But then as we get older, we just go, ah, well. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Or I guess, you know, I just have to deal with this. This is the just the way life is going to be from now on. Right. How many times have you heard one of your dear friends or someone in your family say that? And you want to respond, but no, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. No, we are capable of so much more than we're ever led to believe possible. And And this is something that I think science is really showing us in a beautiful way today, especially as we start to look at Uh, how we can optimize our neurochemical response from those Mm -hmm. healthy neurotransmitters like serotonin, like dopamine, like oxytocin. And to know that it just, we don't just sit back and, oh, okay, I think this will will happen or I I want Mm -hmm. to feel good. And so because I'm going to think that I'm going to feel that way. Our brain, just like our body needs to be trained. Right. And, and I think that this is really important because it's not just about a quick fix or I'm going to do something today and, and I'm going to light up all of my synapses tomorrow, right? right. And, and become absolutely brilliant. <laughs> no, it's more of the, the daily consistency mm-hmm. of building these new healthy habit patterns with things like exercise, right. um, which we know is has such a, a rapid response to brain health, as well as our overall uh, physical response to stress and, you know, a feeling, a, a sense of feeling strong and fit in our bodies, which is so important, right. but also things like music. 
right? And and yeah. this is one of those really beautiful untapped areas. And, and we've heard of things like the Beethoven effect and, and right. how to respond to Mozart. Um, but our brains, our beings are multi-sensorial in nature. And there's this adage when we're talking about neurochemistry and neuroplasticity that neurons that fire together, wire together. And to me, this is a really... Um, brilliant analogy, right? Because if we think about it from our our own human perspective, well, how do we heal? We heal best when we come together in community. Right. Yeah. And so our brain is able to wire. And when we're using these multi-sensorial experiences of not just music, but scent, mm-hmm. right? Scent is perhaps the most evocative of our senses. We can talk more about the power of using essential oils, which is really the focus of my work in creating a, a new modality called aromatic neuro-repatterning or ANR. Um, but how we can use these multi-sensorial experiences to really optimize our brain function. And of course, when we look at things like diet, like nutrition, yep. how we know how important those are and the things that we can incorporate that are neuroprotective. So to me, we, we were just really scratching the surface of what is possible from the perspective of neuroplasticity and how we can heal from the past to be able to illuminate our brightest future. Right. It's so neuroplasticity, as you mentioned, like, so it's really your body, your, your brain working together, like in, in continuing to create new synapses and continuing to like, basically just grow right like exactly so it's neuroplasticity used to be considered more rewiring or even repatterning um, but it's looking at it's exploring the structure and the function of the brain right. in relation to experience and in response to experience right and so some uh, what are some of the best ways that we can train our brain and i really like right. this idea because if we think of the brain, the brain is really the supercomputer oh, of yeah. the body, right? And then, you know, we think about our mind because our mind is actually very different than the brain. So in our mind, we have our conscious mind and our subconscious mind, which are really those programs, right, that run on the supercomputer right. of our brain. Yep. So we really have such an incredible power within us that we can tap into and harness using Um, these new healthy habit patterns, particularly around sensorial experience to train, to optimize, and to really garner the best experience out of our lives for longevity, right? Right. And that's not to discount the aging process, because, you know, as you know, there's so much wisdom, right, that comes from from aging, all of the experiences that we have. But when we can combine the wisdom with that sense of vitality and vibrancy. Well, to me, that's a a total game changer on how we can really become the change that we wish to see in the world and have the highest level of positive impact in the world around us. Well, and that's like, that's one of my biggest things that I try to promote is it's, you know, each individual out there is there for a reason to help everybody else. Like you have gifts, you have purpose to help lift other people up. And if we're not 
using our brains properly as we go through life in the sense of like, we're not continuing to grow. We're not continuing to to build on the things that we know that by the time we get the wisdom, we won't be able to share it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And you really hit the, the nail on the head. Well, and that's, so how do we go about like, you know, I mean, I've heard like, you know, the, the, old, the, the sayings of like, oh, you need to do a crossword a day, or you need to do this, you know, much reading a day to be able to keep your brain function well, but there's more to it than that, right? Absolutely. And again, it's really about building those consistent daily practices, right? Even the idea that we used to think, well, a new habit takes about 21 days to form. Um, They've actually found that for a habit or a practice to become um, automatic, it really Mm -hmm. takes closer for two to sometimes 11 months for that to happen. So what does that say? It says it's that our daily practices that are really defining our health, not just in the moment, but in the future as well. So so I like to break it down to um, a few simple steps that can be done daily, because you and I both know that we can have uh, a whole host of whether it's supplements or an exercise regime or new education, a new program that we're studying and what happens when we take on too much and it becomes overwhelming. What do we do? Nothing. Right. Yeah. You just sit there and go, I know I should be doing something, but I don't know what to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, as someone that's always been a bit of an overachiever since I was young, I really identify with this because I would create these really elaborate Uh, practices for myself and then you know easy to do for a day or two or a week but then it becomes overwhelming and then everything halts so I think that that one thing that's really important is we think about practicality we think about um, accessibility and we think about commitment because when we're able to make a commitment to ourselves of even a simple practice what does that do it builds trust. Right. Right. And it, and it builds confidence that you can, you can accomplish exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You really start to feel like, yeah, I am the champion of my, my, my yeah. life. And we know that our, our bodies, our physiology, our DNA is malleable to our words, to our language and to oh, our yeah. intent. Oh, yeah. And so when we commit to something and then it becomes too much and we don't do it and then we start to feel bad about ourselves, that's actually worse. We're, you know, taking step backwards than, you know, than not taking any action at all. Right. So, so things like a meditation practice, even if it's five minutes a day, right, even where you start out at one minute a day right. and build up so you can build that confidence you're training your brain in a certain way. And what do we know? We know through the studies that consistent meditation practice builds so much um, strength and not only cognitive function, but immunity and Mm -hmm. resilience to stress. And this is really important because we know the power of stress and and what it can do to the body, right? And to our cellular structures. And so the more that we can harness the power within us, to modulate, build um, 
resilience to the stress response, the more advantage that we're going to have when we're considering additional steps to build neuroplasticity. So meditation, really powerful practice, even starting out at a minute a day, right? You can just set an alarm um, on your phone where you can, if possible, go outside, spend a few minutes in nature, right? right? Take a walking meditation, right? Where you're really building, breathing, connecting sensorially with the earth and allowing your body to decompress from all of the technology that we are constantly (laughs) surrounded by, right? Right, right. Well, in in meditation, like it's, you're, the goal is not to, to like not have a thought, right? Right. Like, and I think that's what scares a lot of people when they think about meditation is they're like, oh, I can't turn my brain off. Yeah, but you don't want to turn your brain off because then it's not going to grow. Exactly, exactly. You know, I think that it's more about harnessing the power within mm-hmm. us versus saying I can't do this and I can't do that. Right. right. Because anytime we tell ourselves, "Well, I can't do this because," or we try to force ourselves to do something that we're not in that place of path of least resistance or flow, it activates the inner rebel. And again, what happens, right? We don't take those steps that we know are going to serve us. Right. So if you can spend a few minutes of of your day outside, just breathing, just connecting with nature. And as the thoughts come, you can be with them, right? Right. This being present with what is, is very powerful because it gives us the chance to actually connect in with our body. And we're very disconnected culturally oh, yeah. um, from our bodies, right? And, yeah. and we continue to train ourselves to be that way because we have to work really hard and I have to be at my desk for this many hours a day. Right. Um, and, and we forget to ask ourselves, well, is this really serving all of who I am? Well, and like you said, it's connecting, you know, and if you, if you, and I, I tell that with my, with my clients that I'm helping with nutrition and stuff, it's like when they've been following the, the standard American diet and they're you know, it's led them to be an overweight and unhealthy and they can't sleep and all the different things that it, that it manifests that like, when I take them off of that, it's like, now you're going to, you're going to, you're going to realize that you felt bad. Like you felt yeah. bad. You may have thought, Oh, I feel bad because of this or this, but did you really understand and read your body, you know, and connect mm-hmm. and understand it. And I think that's mm-hmm. the same thing with the same thing we have to do with meditation and understanding is that we're going to understand, okay, well, I just had a negative thought. Why did I have that negative thought? Where did it come from? How can I address that? How can I change that? You know, and if we don't stop and have those moments daily or multiple times a day, depending, you know, like whatever the situation is, as far as what you need, if you don't stop and have those moments, then those negative thoughts just build on each other, right? Exactly. And then what happens? We spiral down into the rabbit hole and that doesn't serve us or anyone that's in our lives. So one of the things I love most about meditation is that it gives us the ability to listen to our bodies Mm -hmm. because we're so used to listening to everything outside of us. So it really gives us that deep opportunity to connect with our emotions, with our thoughts, but also to begin to train our brain in a new way. So meditation is a great practice. And I love that you mentioned nutrition. 
Yeah. Because there are so many uh, ways that we can feed our brain, right? Mm-hmm. We know what is our brain is um, made up of a great deal of fat. So our yep. omega-3 fatty acids are such great. Why are they called brain food, right? We're, right. we're feeding like with like. And, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that the keto diet became so, so much of a mainstream uh, go-to when people started looking at some of the, the facets of that. Right. Um, but when we're looking at, at feeding the brain, um, everything that we put into our bodies is really either nourishing and nurturing us or has the opposite effect. Right. And so when we're looking at the foods that have high levels of antioxidants and that are neuroprotective, that we know that we're really putting something into our system that can feed not just the body, but the mind, right? right. And the brain and the heart as well. Yep. So well, what are some of your favorite? And one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that, you know, the neurotox- neurotransmitters that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we need more like in an abundance, right? Like you, you want it um, for most of them, you want as much as you can get um, yes. so that when you need them, they're there. Right. And you're not like struggling to find them. And most of those are created in the gut based on the food that you eat. Mm, yes, exactly. And so, yeah, so if you don't feed yourself that. well, you're not going to have, you know, and, and so it's, it's this connection in this cycle that can get out of control. Exactly. And I I love what you said about the importance of really bringing or flooding our system with those healthy, good feeling neurochemicals, because when we feel good, our entire decision making process shifts. Oh, yeah. Yep. The way that we're able to connect and communicate with the world around us shifts. Yep. So funny. I don't know why the camera is doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Technology. Yeah, technology. Um, but this is, is so important because when we look at, well, I just want to feel good right now. So I'm going to make a good choice for myself mm-hmm. in this moment. No, it's really about that stepping stone effect. Right? right. And the choices that we're making today build on the choices that we're going to make tomorrow. Right. And the more that we can create these healthy habit patterns, the more we can elevate not only our feeling experience of life, but our entire cognitive and overall physiology as well. Yep. Very true. Um, and so is if somebody wants to like, they're, they're listening to this and they're like, okay, I, I realize I need to fix some things and work on my brain health. How, like how quickly would they be able to like see change and understand that like, yes, this is working or, you know, with a lot of, you know, we want that quick fix. We want to know what happens right now. We want to know we're on the right track. Right. Um, You know, or do they know that that you're just going to have to stick with it for a little bit before you're really going to see anything? Well, this is such a great question. And especially because our societies have been cultivated on this quick fix, Mm -hmm. right? We go for the drive through and we get a coffee because we're going to have an immediate response. So this is where I like to talk about the exploration of pure essential oils used by Mm -hmm. inhalation. And because of the connection between our sense of smell, I could do a little sample here and our brain, but specifically the amygdala and the limbic system that regulates so much of our physiology, mood, memory, and emotion in particular, 
when we I'll just do a little sample here, breathe in the right essential oils in the right formulation, we can literally shift how we feel in the moment. Oh, wow. And this is really powerful because it not only gives us a sense of control over our emotional response mm -hmm. in the moment, but the more that we do this, the more that we build these new healthy habit patterns around the use of essential oils, depending on um, what the mood is in the moment or our desired outcome, mm -hmm. i.e. I want to focus right now. So I'm going to choose maybe rosemary or lemon essential oil, these essential oils, when they've done studies have been shown to help with cognitive uh, function, focus and memory, right. memory recall. Or am I feeling perhaps a little bit anxious and I would like to calm down and then maybe I would use a lavender or chamomile or an essential oil like this? Well, the response with the nervous system can be immediate. Right. So to me, um, this is an integral, we talked for a moment about multi-sensorial response mm -hmm. and how the brain when the neurons uh, fire together, they wire together, creating those neural networks. Uh, when we're using multiple sensorial tools like essential oils, pure essential oils, and certainly that's a caveat, we could go down a whole rabbit hole mm -hmm. of that conversation. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but essential oils, um, yeah. music. And particular, some music in, like I mentioned, Beethoven, Mozart, also the solfeggio frequencies, right, where they've done studies to uh, look at differences in uh, blood pressure, heart rate, oh, right? yeah. stress response. Yeah. I mean, this is really incredible research that's being done. Even we, we know that sound baths are very popular right now right? With Tibetan bowls. And so yeah. they've done some research again to not only look at the response at heart rate, decreasing that blood pressure, but also elevated sense of spiritual well-being, right? And what happens when we feel a sense of spiritual well-being? Well, we feel connected, right? Not only to ourselves, but to everything and everyone around us, right? Right. That coming back to that community sense when we come together, we are empowered. We create a greater momentum um, and accelerate our own process of transformation. Yeah. And coming to new levels of awareness of who we are and what's really possible in living our lives, even as we age. No, and that's, you know, when you're when you're talking about that, it makes me think of like trees and their root system and like yeah. You know, you have like I've got a tree in my front yard. It's it, unfortunate it's starting to die and limbs are falling off. But, um, but what I'm thinking about is like you, your trees in your forest and how like you don't see it necessarily, but if you looked underground, all their roots are intertwined and they're you know connected and building each other up, yes. strengthening each other. You know, and that that's the vision that I got when you were talking about that. Is like we do we need to connect with each other. Um, and the other things in the earth and the nature, because it really, it, it dissipates the stress. It dissipates the anxiety. It can bring us back to just this, this base level of oneness um, yes. that I think that, that we miss when we leave our house, get in our car, go to the office, get in our car, come home. And like, we're very segmented and separated most of our days. Exactly. And, and when we're home, how much of the time are we spending on a device? 
Right. right. I love that you brought up the trees. I can remember when I was first studying vibrational medicine back in the mid nineties. And after my first Reiki attunement, I started to see colors and energy around people. And I thought, oh, wow. this is a really this is incredible. I want to understand more of this. And I can remember um, I've always, since I was young, loved being in nature. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember looking at how the trees, if you're kind of observing a, a mountaintop, the trees give energy to each other. Oh yeah. And, and I thought, well, this is really incredible because it's not as if the tree is giving the other tree energy with an expectation of getting something back. Right, right. It's just a free connection that is yeah. fluid, um, that is organic, that is our natural state of being. Yeah. And I believe that to be true for human nature as well. It's just that we uh, can easily get off the path, right? Mm -hmm. We can easily become distracted. Right. And, and this, when we think about the brain and training the brain, this is really important because the brain, just like the mind, can easily run off and run down a rabbit hole. And so often the mind will engage in thoughts that don't necessarily serve the highest good of who we are. Right. And many of those thoughts are rooted in the past. And so this is where we talk about neuroplasticity and we talk about trauma because we've all experienced some degree of adversity oh, sure. in our past. Um, but when we're able to understand that there is another way, that there is something more, that we actually have the ability to harness the power of working with uh, the essential oils, mm -hmm. working with music, working with some of these other therapeutic or vibrational aspects, working with exercise, right? right. Working with nutrition, not things that necessarily are going to cost us a lot of money or investment, right. but the right. investment of our time, energy, attention, right? Mm -hmm. Our focus, because where our attention goes, our energy flows. And right. so this is so important when we think about neuroplasticity, when we think about um, the brain, when we think about aging, let's go back and really be honest with ourselves about how much of our past is driving our current and driving our right. future. Well, you know, that to me, this is, and because this has been such a, a passion and focus of my work for the past few decades, um, it's so powerful to know that we don't have to continue to live a life of limitation. We don't have to stay stuck in the pain and suffering, that there are ways that we can retrain the brain, that we can retrain our neuro pathways, that right. we can. Um, open to our mind to different possibilities. And by opening our mind where we open the fullness of our being. And one thing I do a lot of work with affirmations and I love this oh, I one, love which is um, I have everything I need within me to heal at the deepest level. Yeah. And when we can take that into consideration, when we can really give ourselves permission to be healthy and whole, mm -hmm. To say, okay, well, maybe my ancestors, maybe my parents, as they age, they weren't able to do X, Y, or Z. And maybe there's a part of me that just expected that for myself. But what if I can invite in something more, something new, something right. different, something greater for myself? And by doing so, start the research and start to take the simple daily action steps to actually make it so. That's right. powerful. 
That is powerful. And you said permission. And I think that's a big piece of it too. Is it like permission to be different permission to, you know, to, to let yourself feel those things to whatever it is, but you, you can give yourself the permission to do that. It's not, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of people in, in at least my generation that grew up with like, you know, you, you have to do it this way. You have to ask permission to do things. You have to like, there's a system, you know, and now we're realizing that some of that was trauma causing at some levels. Mm-hmm. It's like, you couldn't be who you wanted to be and you couldn't do the things you wanted to do. And, but now we've sort of, we're, we're recreating that in our own minds. Exactly. Like, no, I can't, you know, and I lived through that when, when I actually wanted to start my business right when I got out of college over 20 years ago. And mm. I asked some people for advice and, and several of them were like, Oh, you can't do that. That's not possible. That's not something that, you know, and I was like, okay, I didn't get the permission. So I stopped and didn't do that. Waited 20 years and then went, I really have to do that. Wow. And, you know, and so now that's what I'm doing. And I, I, I kick myself. Cause I'm like, man, I, I'm 20 years behind where I should have been. Um, mm. But like we've talked about the lessons and the wisdom and all of that stuff that I learned through the way. Um, but it, it, that piece of it was all because I was seeking permission from somebody else versus just saying, I know what I want to do and I need to do it. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, how beautiful that you were able to have the experience and then say, yes, I'm going to, because there's so many people that have that and they have that innate desire for something more within them. And yet maybe they don't act on it. Now I'm a firm believer that every single moment has led us perfectly here and now. Oh yeah. Because it's every single experience that has been perfectly imperfect. Yep. Right. That has brought all of the wisdom, all of the, the knowledge. And I believe that from the level of our souls, that nothing is left um, unused or right. without merit in our life experience. And what a great teacher you are now for those of your clients that are um, that are ready to make those changes. Right. right. That are ready to say yes to the dreams and desires that they have within them, because it's possible for all of us. Well, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's just, it's, it's something that it's, it's tough to do because it, it's counterculture to do something that steps out and becomes outside the norm and, and truly makes you happy versus just oh i have to do what society says will make me happy you know and and looking at that and and what i found is that it's what makes me happy is to continue to grow and learn about the things that i'm passionate about Mm. and so many of us stopped learning because we and i was there you know 15 years ago in a corporate job and i was like i really don't like this job i'm doing it because i have to because i got bills to pay and, you know, I would see somebody who's like, was really passionate about it. And they're like gung ho and they're learning all these different things. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, just punch the clock and go home, right. you know? And now I see it the other side of it. But I think the majority of people are not, not where I am. The majority of people are just punching the clock and living their whole life like that versus just the time at work. Exactly. And certainly with this wonderful platform and podcast of yours, I'm sure that this message is getting to people that are ready to hear it right now. 
And even if hearing it creates only a curiosity, if hearing this discussion uh, creates only an invitation, like, wow, I just, I could invite that in. I could be curious if there is something more for me um, or if it awakens something, right? Right. That little bubbling up of emotion or desire that, um, that, that plants a seed, Right. And that desire becomes a fertile ground for change and for transformation to happen. You know, two things I I wanted to say, because number one, the the camera keeps going to this um, down here. But ever since I um, started to study alternative medicine in Mm -hmm. my late teens, I have been collecting books and old books. medical books in particular. This is one of them. And it's from um, the late 1800s, maybe early 1900s. And it very interestingly, it had this aspect of what's called phrenology. And I think that was the early exploration or the early identification of neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And there was around here, maybe it kind of flew away as I was... um, switching technology, but basically it talks about all different parts of the brain, the face, and how they're connected to function, everything from the cerebellum um, to other systems of the brain and how they connect to different parts of our emotional intelligence. Oh, wow. And so for, for any of your um, listeners that might be curious there is a lot of information out there and I remember when I first came on this and I thought well this is really fascinating I I want to learn more Um, but it's not something that's commonly talked about and yet I think that there is um, historically when we look back to even our medicines around the time of the 1800s early 1900s and how the materia medicas were based on herbs and homeopathy and like phrenology, we've always been curious, right? And we've always had this innate knowing that the earth provides, and it also provides a pathway of inspiration, and that we have this incredibly innate wisdom within us if we create the right conditions for ourselves, if we create the right entrainment, if you will, for our brains and our biochemistry, but also our... um, our philosophical desires, our spiritual natures, our soul, because without the the heart, the mind and the soul aligned, then we're still missing part of the puzzle, the enigma that we've come into this life to be able to explore and understand more about who we are from the human perspective, but why we're here and what we're here ultimately from an evolutionary perspective to be able to continue on for generations to come with even greater wisdom and resource of the wonderful um, knowledge, especially that is in the natural world. Well, and it's like, you mentioned something there that like, if, when you, if you find that piece, you know, like I did, like, not in my what was would be considered my my brain growing years like you know your your late teens your 20s you know you're in your 40s you're maybe in your 50s or 60s and you're listening to this and it's like 
well, I really want to step out and do this because it's my passion, but I have to learn all this stuff about it. And I don't think my brain can handle that. Like there's not an age limit on like when you can start to increase your neuroplasticity because it's, you could, wherever you're at, you could always increase it from there. Correct. Exactly. Wherever we are, there is the opportunity for more. Right. Right. With that consistency, with the practice, how do we learn as a new skill or when we're young, a sport, right. right? Or a new language. We do, we do it through practice. Practice creates habit, right? Automatic response, but it also creates mastery. Right. So when we think about um, life from the perspective of self-actualization and what it means to optimize from the human potential, well, we have this incredible supercomputer here and the supercomputer needs to be fed the right things. And those are not just foods, but um, our thoughts our emotions, the ways that we love and care for ourselves, the belief systems of limitation that we have that maybe that we've had generationally, right? Right. That have been carried through our heritage. Well, we have the ability to challenge those. We don't have to continue to live with a closed mind. Right. Because when our mind is closed, that that alone right there is a breeding ground for dis-ease and imbalance and further limitation. And further disempowerment, right? Because when the mind is closed and we're always relying on someone else or something else to tell us what is true, how to act, what to do, how to behave, right? right? That all of that information is held within us, but we have to create the right conditions environmentally, internally, and externally for the body to become that instrument of inspiration. to become that vehicle or beacon, if you will, of light and empowerment, where we can not only change our own daily lives and our family structures, but we can contribute to the greater good of all Mm -hmm. uh, with a force of benevolent, positive impact. And that is available to all of us. Yes, it is. Um, And I I mean, it's, it's, and it's so much like, understanding where you're at but not being so self-absorbed with that if that makes Mm, sense like understanding where you're at but not to the point of like it's all about me right and understanding that you have you have something to share whether you feel it or not like at whatever level you are somebody's not yet at that level like you can help somebody along yeah obviously you're you know you're looking for somebody to help you along like because we're all somewhere on that journey in that track. And, and I think that plays a lot into how we talk to ourselves and how we, we think about ourselves and then how we potentially look to grow from there. Because if we think that we can't go anywhere, we think that we can't help anybody, then it might not necessarily be the, the standard negative thought of, you know, I'm, I'm worthless at my job or I'm not good for my spouse or any of those types of things, but it's still a negative aura that you're feeding yourself, right? You know, I was um, working on a a new book recently and I was doing some research looking at the work of Dr. Emoto, the Japanese scientist Mm -hmm. that's 
water. Yeah. And and I loved going back and connecting with the the power um, of his messaging because it is such a reminder that our thoughts, our intentions, our emotions have a direct correlation, a direct impact on our physiology. Right. And and how malleable we are to emotion, how malleable we are to emotion, how malleable we are to even music. You know, when he took the studies and took them a step further, uh, beyond looking at words and their effect on the crystalline structure of water, when he looked at the impact of music and how beautiful pieces of music created such pristine, gorgeous structures within the water molecules, what does that say? Yeah. Right? Our environment is crucial to our internal, not only homeostasis, but vibrancy right right our emotional bandwidth and so we have to really look at all of these aspects of our life in a more mindful way and to know that we are all connected yep and you know and speaking of music like that that one of the things that when i wrote my first book like i i'm i've never been well i shouldn't say never because i was in choir in high school and so we did classical you know pieces um but it's never been just a i'm gonna sit and enjoy a classical piece of music like i'm not that type of person um but when i sat to write down write my first book i found myself like if ever i got to a point where i was like okay i'm struggling with figuring out what i need to say or how i say it or this doesn't sound right and i started listening to instrumental classical music and all of a sudden just flowing right out of me just the way it was supposed to you know and i was like oh my gosh this is crazy like this is it because it really like for lack of a better way of putting it it hit a nerve and just like boom here it is yeah. you know yes and i love that you're saying this because what you're talking about is flow state mm-hmm. right and so how do we how do we optimize our brain function on in our environment to achieve that flow state where we're just aligned where everything right is effortless right right? and this potential is within all of us oh yeah well and that's one of the things i always tell people i was like you know when they struggle with that concept no matter what it is of like you know by saying i can't do this or i can't do like have you ever seen anybody else do it have you ever heard of anybody else do it oh yeah well so and so did it okay well then you can do it yeah like it's possible it doesn't mean you're going to do it but I mean, it's possible. So don't put that like you can. in there, you know, it's like, yeah. it's possible. And if you want to, you're going to, um, but putting that limitation on yourself is like, and like you were talking about with just the negative thoughts in your brain and the way your brain like manifests through your body, like you, you you've already lost if you're thinking that way, you know? Exactly. You know, Jerry, I love this because I, right before this, um, I had to take both my girls to the doctor. They came mm-hmm. home with a little bit of a butt bug and um, uh, their friend where they were staying had strep throat. So we went oh, and checked yeah. in the doctor's office room. They had um, a list of a few phrases, right? From a brain that is not feeling good, is not mm-hmm. feeling healthy, 
right? Like, oh, I can't do that. Or, you know, I'm, it's not possible for me. And this always happens to me. And, you know, in in a very easy, accessible way for the girls to understand. And then what the polar opposite of that is. And, and this is so powerful because when we can train ourselves from that earlier age, then we have the capacity to, to notice the contrast right. and to notice ourselves as we're adults now, like, oh, did I just go down that rabbit hole? Did I just tell myself I can't do that? And, and, you know, from my own perspective, you know, I got into this work because of my own journey to healing, Mm -hmm. because of the extreme levels of dysfunction that were in my uh, childhood family of origin. And, And so I know that these interventions, if you will, work because I can see the change and transformation in my life. And it's not about perfection, right? It's more about when we have those over the shoulder moment looks, when we look back at the path that we've come on, that we've traversed the journey of our lives to say, wow, I used to behave in this way. I used to have these uh, awful mental conversations with myself. Um, I used to do X, Y, or Z. And now look, Look how different my life is. Look how much more I'm honoring my body as a temple, where I'm honoring my emotions, where I speak to myself with love and kindness, where I allow myself to have rest when I need it, when I'm craving it. Right. right? So so these are the the practical um, evaluations that we can do for our own life as adults. And of course, look to our younger generation in ways that we can contribute so they can have those aha moments much mm-hmm. sooner, at least. Um, that's my intention to, to have those much sooner than I did in my life. Right. No, I, I find that those conversations that I'm having with my kids, they're 11 and 13, are very different than the conversations I heard in how to teach them it about how to have in in a happy life sounds like cliche but like Mm. how to have that peace about themselves Mm. and understanding and and how to recognize i i'm talking bad about like i'm the way i'm talking has given myself a negative prediction for how i'm going to do on this test or this class or you know, whatever the case is. And so it's like, don't set yourself up for failure. Gosh. Like you said, per- we're not perfect. Failure is going to happen. We all have to deal with that. But setting yourself up for it is different than very different trying to prevent it. And if it happens, it happens. It's okay. We move on. Exactly. You know, and, and I love how you frame this because it really is setting ourselves up for success. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking to my daughter at the doctor's office, she had, gets a lot of anxiety, right? right? And and how many of us can relate to this, whether it's feelings of um, more depressive nature or um, anxious? Well, how can we u- use tools that are healthy, create new healthy habit patterns with these types of interventions, whether it's music, whether it's affirmations, whether in particular... And always um, for my work, use the, using the essential oils because mm-hmm. of their biochemical connection. Um, but what are, what are these tools that we can have at our fingertips 
that uh, they can start to incorporate in their day-to-day and modulate their own stress response, right? right? Because no one was having those conversations with me yeah. at that age. You know, I can remember there was no, like ha- having it, any emotion was not at all right. <laughs> welcome or allowed. Yeah. Uh, and of course, so, I mean, I know there's a piece of that, that that's just times have changed. And so like, and, and like, I, I don't know that I would want to be a teen or a preteen in today's age with all the mm-hmm. electronics and technology that out there now that they have to deal with um, yeah. and that added level of stress. But that makes it even more important that they need to understand how to connect with themselves and how to connect with nature and how to, you know, just stabilize themselves exactly finding Um, that place of balance you know and it's true because when we think about neuroplasticity of course us at this age where we're looking to be able to optimize brain function to Mm -hmm. achieve peak performance to heal from places of physical or emotional trauma of the past Um, but i think what great opportunity we have in working with these younger um, demographics to be able to give them these tools on a platter now and, you know, what is possible in the future generations to be able to have that level of awareness at such a young age and start to work with these tools and um, develop uh, expanded levels of not just emotional resilience, but also levels of consciousness, right? Being able to connect into those higher states of being where flow state and inspiration and uh, communion are part of the norm versus, oh, I might experience this one time in my life or one moment this month or maybe sometime this year if I'm lucky. Right. (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, in the, the flow state, it, being an athlete myself, like I, I get that and, to- and I teach that to the athletes that I coach and like, this is, it's, it's like you said, it's about putting those things in practice day by day yeah. so that it's not necessarily something that you have to call upon. And like, you know, I have to, I have to sit here and think and manifest about making this happen so that I can reduce my stress or whatever. It's like, no, when the stress response starts to come up, you just automatically go, Okay, I know how, I've I've been doing this for for months now. I just go right into it, and it's like okay, go peace, you know. And I tell that with my athletes, like you're not just gonna all of a sudden. You when you see professional athletes that like when they're they're in the zone or in the flow state, and it's like oh my gosh, they can't miss a you know they're shooting the basketball, they can't miss. Everything's just going great, and it's like, but they're not thinking about it at all, right? Like if you ask them, what were you thinking about then? I was playing the game. Yeah. You know, they're not thinking about it, you know, and I think that's part of that. Like we, we want the quick fix and we want the like, well, if I need it, I need to do it now. And I'm, I don't want to have to practice it every day, but that's such a big piece of the puzzle. Like you said, starting out with a minute meditation and working up to five, or if you want to go longer than that, great. But like getting that daily practice so that when you do need it and it's important, you're able to, to fulfill that and be able to make it happen. Right. You have that access. It's right. It's readily there. You know, I loved what you said about um, the athletic piece about being in the game and being in flow state. Mm 
And, and isn't it possible for us to train ourselves to be in that flow state more habitually? Oh, I'm not yeah. saying in, we can be there every moment because there right. are certain aspects to our daily existence that can challenge that. But when we train with the intention to be in that flow state, then we're living that, right? right? Where, where that becomes much more of the norm and the paradigm that we relate to not only ourselves, but everything around us, because then we find that we're in synchronistic flow. Right. We're in what, what some people would say, oh, this is more like miracle consciousness. Well, miracles really from the minute to the enormous are all part of being aligned in that flow state of consciousness. Yep. Very true. Well, um, I, we could go on and on, I think, but I want to be cognizant of your time. And, um, you know, so I, I know that you've written one book and you said you've got another one on the way, Right. Yes, I have a couple on the way, and I okay. do have a copy of my... Um, well, I want to give you a chance to plug your book and give people an opportunity to get a hold of you. How would they do that? Thank you. So this is my book. It's co-authored with Dr. Lulu Shemek. It's called Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love. And it's all about healing at that DNA level and how right. we work with the brain and nervous system and how we work with the heart and how we work with the adrenal system, with essential oils, with meditation, with nutrition, with herbs, um, and with looking at aspects of the past and any trauma that we have that's unresolved and how we can transmute that into right. places of empowerment. Um, so you can find that as well as my new program called The Love Frequency, which is all about living, loving, and leading um, your life from your heart, your true north. And it's a beautiful one-year program that's starting in December. And then at the end of that, there will be a certificate for Level 1 Modern Alchemist, which is very exciting okay. and really learning how to heal from the past and come into the heart space, connecting with the brain, the mind, and the soul so we can really illuminate our highest path and purpose in this life. And so those and all of our other programs are available at thesoulinstitute.co. Cool. And you can follow me on Instagram at Adora Winquist, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all of the places. <laughs> cool. Right well, I will, I will link all that in the show notes so that if somebody is, you know, you got an instant, they can just click on it and get to it um, and be able you. to connect with you and your, and your stuff. And I mean, I, it's fascinating the amount of stuff that we, I think, forget that's possible. Yes. You know, um, which again, is, is part of the brain function is that we, we just, we forget that it's possible. Um, exactly. And, and so I just, I thank you so much for being a guest. It's been a tremendous learning for me. Um, mm. And, and like, hopefully we can do this again. Like once I would love to, Jerry. I would love to. And it's been such a delight talking with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the best of all to your wonderful work in the future. Thank you. And same to you. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life.